0: Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. I appreciate this opportunity to share and teach Synergy Wellness. This practice that I designed is how I completely changed my life for the better. My hope and my goal is to leave you with what I call golden nuggets of wisdom. Wisdom that you can utilize and implement into your life today and see results immediately. So let's get started. Hello everybody, welcome back. I know that death is not an upbeat topic, but I wanna talk about death as a spiritual teacher. My spiritual journey began when I was about 13 years old. It was a hot August morning when my mother came into my bedroom and she was crying. She told me that my sister, who was 16 at the time, had just been tragically killed in a car accident. Now, by this age, I had already dealt with an abusive father, domestic violence, a certain degree of abandonment and neglect, and other abuses that are born from poverty. When I was maybe seven years old, my father left my mother with six children, never to be heard from again. Although I had been dealing with those things, I hadn't yet, at that age, developed any coping skills for dealing with a tragedy such as this. In the wake of this shocking news, I struggled, as you could imagine, with no immediate point of reference for dealing with death, let alone the death of my sister. I grew up in a small row home in Philly, and in that house, my mom did what she could do to provide for my baby brother, my two older brothers, my two older sisters, and me. My oldest sister got pregnant when she was 16, My oldest brother was expelled from high school at the age of 16, and Teresa was dead at the age of 16, so now that made me begin to wonder, what's going to happen to me when I turn 16? Teresa and I not only shared a bedroom in that house on Williams Avenue, we also slept in the same bed. Typically, the teenage years are about exploring one's identity and grappling with the questions like, who am I? Where do I fit in? Adolescence is a time of exploration and self-discovery. Teens often struggle with these types of questions. At that time, there were no enlightened adults in my life to guide me or to explain the psychosocial stages of development. And as I think about it, most teens might not listen anyway. Teens typically explore these questions alone or with other youth. So in trying to discover or create an identity, some teens may turn to drugs and alcohol, they might join gangs, or try to fit in by choosing other maladaptive behaviors. Some kids join sports teams and clubs, they get jobs, or they get involved in community activities. However, we were living in poverty at that time, and there were few, if any, resources. I was alone to figure out the meaning of life and the purpose of death. I wondered what would happen to me when I turned 16. It was a burning question in my heart. Following my sister's funeral, I found myself drawn to the solitude of the cemetery where she was buried. I was alone with no guidance, no role models, no mentors. My mother became even more distant than she had before my sister's death. In addition to working to provide the basic necessities for our family, My mother now had the added burden of dealing with her own grief and her own mourning process, which left me and my siblings to deal or not deal with our own pain, our own grief, and our own sorrow. And this is how death became my first spiritual teacher. After the initial shock and the viewing and the funeral and the burial, I was left with so many questions about death and about life. I truly wanted to understand what happens when a person dies. I wanted to know where a soul goes after it leaves the body. I needed to know where my sister was and why she left. I wondered why she was even born in the first place. I wondered why I was born in the first place. I questioned if God took her because my mom had too many kids to deal with. What is the point of living and what happens after death? Is there really a God? These are the questions I asked myself. I was not satisfied with the rote religious answers, such as, The father has taken his child back to the kingdom, or Remember, all man, that you were dust, and unto dust you shall return. Those words meant nothing to me, and I wanted desperately to have the answers to all of my questions. I had nowhere to turn other than to my sister's gravesite, and so I began visiting her cemetery plot regularly. I walked to that graveyard several times a week and basically camped out there for hours at a time. When I was not in school or babysitting my little brother, I went there and I talked to her. I talked to God. I talked to birds. I talked to angels or any other entity that might have been nearby, even if there was such an entity, I wondered. I asked my questions out loud. I asked them in silence inside my head. I cried on that grave. I slept on that grave. And slowly but surely, I became spiritually awakened on that grave. My sister Teresa's tombstone was the first sight I can recall experiencing fleeting moments of solace. It was the only place I truly felt peaceful and safe. I'd get information and messages from what I now call spirit world. At first, though, I thought that maybe I was only mentally responding to myself. Perhaps my need for these answers and some type of validation was so great that I was causing myself to hallucinate. So to test my sanity, I would often say, if that thought or if that feeling was truly communication from above, then a bird is going to land on that mausoleum, the one that has the angel engraved on it, right? I would play these games, but sure enough, lo and behold, a bird would land right there on that mausoleum with the angel engraved on it. Sometimes I would have to wait a little while for validation and skeptically I'd then say, Well, eventually a bird would have landed on that anyway, so I would begin to up the ante with more random and obscure requests, if you will. And usually I would get some type of satisfactory response. Was I simply desperate to believe just about anything at that point in my life? Is that what faith is at its core, desperately believing? After months and months... I began to feel connected to an invisible world. My personal experiences in the cemetery somehow made me feel connected to something that I couldn't quite see or even explain. If this force was powerful enough to take a teenager's life in an instant, I wanted to be sure to revere it. I was a little afraid even, and with all of that I still didn't fully understand. Since that time, I have chosen to believe that there are no coincidences. Just about a year after my sister's death, I came upon this book titled Life After Life. I'll always remember that book. The author was Raymond Moody. The copyright of that book was 1975. How timely that it was published just one year before my sister's death. How amazing that a book was written at just the right time for someone who desperately was seeking information on that very subject. I personally believe that it was divine synchronicity. Reading that book helped me to see more expansively than I could ever have imagined. I learned so much about the soul, the spirit, life, and death. At that time, there were very few books on the topic to begin with. I find it intriguing that I managed to come upon one which fed my spiritual hunger at the very time I needed it. What I was learning made more sense to me than anything I learned from the nuns or the priests or the teachers at my church and at my school. The lesson that I got from this experience, and the one that I would like to share with you, is this. Sad, awful, and terrible things happen, as we all know. However, even things we have difficulty understanding and coping with can serve to promote our spiritual growth. Perhaps the harder the challenge, the greater the reward. My sister's death was the catalyst for my spiritual development. At an age when I was exploring my identity, I became a spiritual being. That's who I am. Where do I belong? Wherever I am. What can I become? Anything I want, just like you. I hope this topic serves to lift you up and not bring you down. There is something good in everything. Have a great day, my friends, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again for tuning in. I am available by email, sharon at whitefawnwellness.com. And you could also go visit my Facebook page, White Fawn Wellness. Have a great day.